Thank you for joining us for part two of the Commuter Rail Coalition's conversation with USDOT's Director of Bipartisan Infrastructure Law Implementation, Katie Thompson. We resume our conversation starting with John Klein, Senior Member of Klein Strategic Consulting, who is CRC's Director of Government Affairs. John shares concerns of commuter railroads as they navigate expanding service and shared track with Amtrak. Mike Nolan, President and General Manager of Indiana's South Shoreline Commuter Rail System, and Metra CEO Jim Derwinski echo those concerns. We get the majority of our funds through the Federal Transit Administration and the FRA's role with us is mainly as a safety oversight agency. And for those of us who are involved with the New START CIG program, there's a number of avenues that I think are worth exploring to try to move as quickly as possible from approvals to actually breaking ground. The FTA, even though there's authority for these early system works agreements, has basically not embraced it. But I think it's worth exploring with them why they have historically not embraced the early system work agreement approach and what other methods they might be intrigued with. The latest authorization provides authority for bundling of projects. And again, that certainly can help move things uh, forward. I guess the, the other note I just wanted to leave with you is that as you're looking at ways to, to move funding forward, that includes a lot of new funding for Amtrak. And we certainly all applaud that. However, as Amtrak moves forward with their projects and their expansion of service, sometimes it can come into direct conflict with us. Mike can tell you that he has received notice from Amtrak, as have others of our members, of Amtrak's intention to expand their service or come on to our trackage with new service, but recognizing that there really does need to be some consideration given for the impact that that has on our members. It not only impacts us from a capital investment standpoint and more wear and tear, but also from a service level standpoint, it's just, it's one more window on the daily schedule that is not available to us. And to the extent that Amtrak comes in and occupies a certain portion of that, that has a a very significant impact on us, both service as well as financially. Yeah, that's a really good point, John. And I will say we're giving more time and attention internally to coordination between FRA and FTA on issues like that, where there's a sort of a dual use of tracks and systems to try to be more consistent across those agencies to the extent we have the legal authority to do it, but certainly also to be intentional. And understanding the the potential trade-offs and trying to achieve multiple objectives for both commuter rail and passenger inner city rail without having to, you know any sort of adverse consequences. And the deputy secretary is playing a, a major role in bringing us together and better monitoring how we're working as a DOT to try to avoid the kinds of issues that you flagged. Yeah, that's great. The real issue is that Amtrak statutorily has significant priorities that were rightfully intended to cover the freight railroads, but they actually also impact commuter railroads. And we don't really have any statutory or very little statutory recourse. So while we can have positive conversations with Amtrak, we know from a reading of the statute where the rights lie and where they don't. And that's our concern, is there needs to be a balancing 
as John pointed out, there needs to be a balancing of the interests here. And, and we, we're hoping that as we progress forward, FRA and DOT play that role of making sure that all of our interests are protected and well served. Absolutely agree with that. I'll just quickly, one last thing on, I guess, just passenger rail money. Since you sit in a unique position, very helpful, unique position. Since FRA traditionally hasn't doled out a lot of grant dollars, if there's any way to align kind of the way the FTA process works and the FRA process works, that certainly helps us in the grant application process. Uh, Maybe a big lift, but that would help. Yes, and your comment is very timely because, again, we're, we're working internally at FTA and FRA as we speak are trying to work out where they can be better aligned across programs. Again, sometimes it's legal, but if it's even if it's legal, we should be looking where there are opportunities for flexibility and to, to harmonize the two programs. And they're uh, planning to make a proposal to the deputy secretary sometime in the coming weeks. So, so, but that's just an example of the kinds of things that we're looking for. We're saying, you know, do we have the flexibility to do something? Are there better ways to do it that will deliver positive results to a broader group of stakeholders? That's kind of the mindset. And we're using data, trying to proactively gather data through the dollars that we're investing to assess, like, are the dollars having the impacts that we would hope? And we're still early stages on that, but we're, we're building in that direction. Thank you for joining us for a Commuter Rail Coalition Soundbite. Next, we'll continue our conversation with Katie Thompson as we explore CRC's policy priorities. 